This episode of Manage Smarter is presented by Sales Fuel Coach, our adaptive sales coaching featuring five-minute quick coaching personalized to each sales rep. Learn more about Sales Fuel Coach at salesfuel.com. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. You know, Lee, I uh, just recently moved down to Texas, and uh, they're starting to reopen here. Restaurants at 50% capacity, gyms 25%. Slowly, things are opening. But uh, we've got the founder of the C-Suite Network, which we're very proud to be a part of, on the show today to talk a little bit about getting ready for that and other strategies and ways of doing business in a new campaign called Open from Business. What do you think about that? Well, I, I think it's uh, it's definitely time. As a matter of fact, it's like, if anything, it's like it should have started already for, for a lot of people. And there's a lot of things that are holding people back, whether they, you know, whether that be fear of the unknown, whether it be, uh, you know, uh, just a lot of confusion about all the conflicting news that, that that's out there. On one hand, you know, the WHO says it's like, oh, it, it's it's the worst thing ever. And then yesterday I read a news article that says, oh, if you're asymptomatic or whatever, eh, don't worry about it or whatever. It doesn't spread that way. So it's like, uh, make up your mind, people. And it's really difficult sometimes to to try to have a functioning business when you're when you're getting all this conflicting information from the same source. So, yeah, uh, you know what? The best thing to do is to put the pedal down and let's get back to work. And we've got some new ideas and new lenses and things maybe to flip around your usual way of doing business from uh, Jeffrey Hazlett. Proud to welcome into the show, Chairman, CEO of the C-Suite Network and host of All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett podcast. And here today to talk, like I said, is hashtag Open From Business Initiative. Jeffrey, thank you for coming. Hey, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It is time to get open for business. You know, we've been sitting around for a while, sitting on our, you know what, and it's time to get it going. You know, not not everybody's been. A lot of people have been driving and thriving, but for a large part, we've been kind of held in limbo, kind of held back by a lot of different people saying, no, 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 no. It's not been as bad as we thought, but we've got a, a terrible economy as a result. So it's time for us to do everything we can uh, to get this country back and running and as best as possible. Let me clarify something. So Kira sent me open from business, but it's actually open for business, right? Is the open hashtag? for business. For open business. from business. Okay. For, yeah, we don't want to be from business. We want to <laughs> run, run away. To run away. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's the reclare open for business initiative. Okay, good. So you say, well, uh, and, you know, the big uh, thing, you know, the big thing I'd say right now, you know, for everybody, think about this, you know, Lee, Audrey, yourself, you know, we are not, we are not doctors. We are not nurses. I, I mm-hmm. don't even know if you guys can sew a mask. I know I can't, you know, <laughs> I know and, I can't. <laughs> yeah. But, I can but buy what one. I can be, yeah, there you go. But what I can be is a, is a business first responder. And I think that's the way we've got to look at ourselves is as leaders in businesses, whether you're in sales or you're in the, full leadership of the company. What can you be doing right now to get open for business as much as you can? You know, I look around and I say today, you know, days are weeks, weeks are months, months are now years. So whatever you were trying to do in, in, in the next six months, you got to do in the next, you know, couple of weeks. Whatever you were trying to do in the next couple of years, you got to do now. I saw somebody who, you know, a cartoon that was out uh, the other day, Oh, I got, I'm trying to see if I can remember where it was from. It's from a guy named Tom Fishborn. You got to look this up. Okay. Fishborn, B-U-R-N-E. And he, and he had a cartoon where these people were in a meeting room in the corner office of a building, a large building. And they're saying digital transformation is years away. I don't see our company having to change anytime soon. And then <laughs> there's this huge wrecking ball called COVID-19, you know, swinging toward their window, you know. 
So that's what we're seeing right now. It, you've got to really make some changes, but at the same time, you've got a duty of care, a duty of care to protect your most important assets, which are your employees and your customers. So you've got to balance that. And that's a tough thing for a leader to do is how do you balance it and what do you have to do in order to make that happen? You know, it's okay. also a very compassionate thing actually to, to be open for business as well, because when you're open for business, you're putting people to work, you know, you're giving, you're giving them less time to stew over all of the worst case scenarios. Uh, you're, you know, you're not, you know, you're giving them less things to stress over as long as, as, long as they know that they're going to be getting a paycheck. They can see some light at the end of the tunnel. It's great for the mental health. It's great for the fiscal health. It's really one of the most compassionate things you can do as long as you do it safely. Yeah, absolutely. Most Americans, I think, want to work and they want to contribute. And the best way to contribute is by being a valued member of society and be, being a valued member is we're employed. You know, 42 million people have applied for unemployment so far. And, you know, that might, I, hopefully we've seen the peak of it. it. might be a little bit more before it's done. But then, you know, the, the goal is let's get everybody back to work before the end of this year. And to do that, we've really got to, we've really got to turn it up, turn up the volume, you know, get over this. Everybody went home, started doing all these home projects. Great for you. Good for you. Some of us never stopped working. I know Lee, like yourself, Audrey, like yourself, right. you know, I've never been busier in my life. Same here. <laughs> yeah. And I finally just took it. I hadn't been outside for two solid weeks. I finally took a day off on Sunday, half a day, I'll say, and worked outside and then came inside and finished more work. So you know, that's, that's the nature of what we've got to do right now. And you got to do everything you can to, you know, get America, get, get this country, get Canada, get every country back to work. Let's say you're on the wrong side of how this thing came down though. So let's say you own a restaurant or you worked in a hotel. Um, how, how can you make that happen when you're non-essential and you're essentially closed? Uh, your operations are governmentally closed do you have ideas for the people who fell into that bucket as opposed well, to in most places even with the restaurants they they said the restaurants you can't be in the restaurant didn't say you couldn't do takeout didn't say you couldn't do delivery didn't mm -hmm. say you couldn't rechange the experience you know i had michael turnout who owns the meatball shop in new york a whole bunch of meatball shops in new york and he also owns seymour restaurants some seafood restaurants in new york and he shuttered those. He shuttered the, sea, the seafood restaurants because he said, look, I just can't make it go with, you know, people coming into the restaurant. So he did. But then, but he, you know, ramped up what he was doing at the meatball shop, which was takeout and delivery, you know, food that travels, which is a unique phrase I never heard. You know, he says, as a restaurateur, you have to rethink what you do and how you do it. I know other restaurants are starting to open in different ways. I mean, they're going into an industrial area you know, where there's no ambiance, where they're just going to do delivery. They're just going to re-tier the restaurant in a different fashion to be able to say. Some restaurants, like, you know, where I'm at in South Dakota, did okay. I'm not telling you they did great, but they, mm -hmm. they, they got it down. I mean, to the point where I really like it. I like going up to my, my Brandon Steakhouse and, and calling ahead, ordering it, you know, going there 15, 20 minutes later. I drive up, text is, you know, because my wife's driving, I text as we're getting close and they're standing outside with my food. <laughs> yeah. Holy moly. Right. Yeah. That's, that's better service than when I had when I went in it. And you we, know? Got a, we got a restaurant chain here in Columbus, Cameron Mitchell, who also owns a lot of restaurants in Florida and New York City as well. And uh, they're doing these things called family meals where you, you call ahead and it's like, a, and they put everything together, a meal of four or whatever from all of their best restaurants. And, you know, whether it's seafood one day, you know, barbecue the next day, steaks the next day, whatever. 
you know, it's mostly pre-prepared. Uh, you may have to do a little bit of heating up and like that when you get home or whatever, but it's a, it's a fantastic experience. The food is great. Uh, it's like, yeah, I miss the ambiance a little bit. Uh, but on the other hand though, I don't miss, you know, I don't miss snotty waiters. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. so, you well, know, the best it, part well, about that, they include the cocktails, don't they Lee? You yes. That, that's <laughs> the best thing. Well, that's hey, come that's from the, list. the best <laughs> thing is like, that. yeah, it's like now I can get my tacos and takeout away and get margaritas to go. It's like, it's the most <laughs> fantastic thing ever. And I hope they keep doing that. Oh, that, <laughs> you know, and that's a lot. great way of being innovative. I mean, I just got back from Los Angeles where, you know, there's been a great deal of unrest and I was staying there at the Marriott. There were quite a few people who were staying there. Now we're all socially distanced. Everybody's doing a great job of protecting themselves, but they were severely undermanned. So when you say, you know, Audrey, yeah. hey, they you know, closed down entirely, let people go. I mean, the, the people that were there were busting their butts. I mean, literally running to be able to take care of the, uh, of the bar, to take care of the, the food. You know, and it was difficult for you to order food out, I got to tell you, because that was also during some of the rioting and looting and everything else. So you couldn't like call Uber because there was a shutdown mm -hmm. at 4 p.m., 6 p.m. every day. So a little bit, I mean, you talk about complications and, and you know, and it's tough, but let, you know, but let some people open up. It was, it's kind of interesting. A buddy of mine owns a restaurant in Santa Monica. And the day I was going to go to that restaurant on Sunday, I was going there about 6 o'clock at 5 p.m., his place got hit. And, and these aren't protesters that are hitting. These are organized crime. These are people who know what they're doing. He's got a video where he's standing out front of it watching these guys hit his restaurant. They knew exactly what to do. They worked at teams. They had backpacks. They, you know, took the, took the most expensive wine, hit the cash register, knew, had hammers, knew, you know, bust open the door, crowbars, the Jeez. whole bit. They knew what they were doing. I mean, these are organized, you know, thugs and I'll say thugs and uh, regardless of what your color is these are people who are just you know criminals and that's what they did you know so but yet he, they won't let him open back up hmm. I mean come on let the guy yeah. do the work and so you know government you know look you can go and have a protest quite frankly and I'll do respect I'm all for the protest I'm all about black matter lives matter I'm all uh, listen there's all there's, in all in. All right. Yep, Listen, I'm a white guy who's all in. All right. Yep, have been totally. for years. Read my form, read my books. I've been vocal on this op, op, you know, this thing, but look, you can let people protest and not social distance, but you won't let a restaurant open up with a table six feet apart. It doesn't make sense. Well, you know, that doesn't you bring make up another interesting issue about being open for business because we have a restaurant chain here in, in, in Westerville where we're the headquarters of my company. And uh, they have a first responders discount. It's a healthy one too. It's like a 50% discount for, for first wow. response. Uh, their entire staff walked out the door because they continued to provide the 50% discount to police officers. So wow. Wow. given that, it's like, you know, we, we have some, we have another challenge to navigate as business people is that how can we uh, voice our support and take action then to, to bring about the needed social change that, that we need uh, right now, but at the same point in time, it's like, you know, there seems to be this black and white where it's like you're either on this side or that side and there is no gray area in between when I believe the, the entire world is nothing but gray matter or, or sometimes, or, or people without gray matter, one of the, one of the other. And well, to, yeah. To, to condemn an entire population, regardless of, of occupation or color or of sex or, you know, whatever, it's just not, it's not productive.
it's not productive. I'm sorry. Do I think there have been bad police? Absolutely. Let's find them, hunt them down and get them out or prosecute them. Mm -hmm. Let's do that right away. Let's stop the behavior. But let's don't throw a listen. I'm the godparent for, uh, you know, a local cop here in my town of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. He was in the middle of protest here the other day and did a great job. I saw him on TV from Los Angeles and I called him up and said, great job. Great job. You know, and, and there are and, and I and I watched him as he handed a microphone on his squad car to a, a young black woman so she could plead with the protesters. Mm. I mean, that's not a guy that's doing it wrong. And it's a guy that's doing it right. Rather than him stand up and do it, he got one of the local pro, you know protesters to say, "Hey, you, you're a leader here. Take charge." You know, and and so yeah. Again, uh, I know we're talking about you know let's get back to work, but. Let's get the whole country back to healing and back to working the way we need to be doing and working together. And I think that's an important aspect of it. And for all of us, folks, don't judge. Don't judge one group of people by the actions of others. Don't. I don't care whatever your color, whatever your creed, whatever your sexual orientation is, whatever your politics are. I don't think Republicans are bad. Democrats are bad. I think there are some Republicans that are bad and some Democrats that mm-hmm. are. But I don't condone. I don't, you know, condemn both both parties or, you know, or the police or the fire or yeah. you know whoever. Anytime that you, people have a tendency then to judge the thinking and the behavior of any group of people, you know, based on arbitrary factors like demographics and things like that, whether it be occupation or, you know, like I said, the demographics of waiters, like, you know, that's just a recipe for trouble because like, you know, all people do not think the same, all people do not behave the same. And it's like, you know, to lump everybody in together as, as this group and everything like that and think that they're homogenous or whatever is like, you know, as your manager or whatever, you absolutely cannot afford to do that. Every person is different and you need to understand, you know, what makes every individual tick to be able to manage them effectively and appropriately. Yeah, but you're a very good critical thinker. And there's a lot of people not wired like that or have not been mentored by a business leader that has taught them how to work that way. Yeah, well, I'm hoping to share that wisdom and, and my experience in, with others so that they, they hear it or whatever, they maybe take a step back and think about it for a little mm-hmm. bit and, uh, and re-examine you know, perhaps what they're doing. Well, you know, and this gets to the point, Lee, you're, uh, you're going to have to reevaluate your work policies, reevaluate the way you work, who should work, when you should work, should it be at the office, should it be at remote, um, you know, and you're going to have to evaluate, you know, typically you look at it all or nothing. Well, I don't think it's going to be that way as we get back to work, as we open up the offices. You know, we're looking at phased approaches in our own operation where we send people back based on, you know, a checkerboarding. We might have to move desks around. We might have to move, um, you know, assignments of where people work and sit based on the social distancing. And, you know, quite frankly, there are some people that I've found during this process who work great from home. Some mm-hmm. that suck at it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we know who you are to think we don't know who you are. is just crazy. We do. We watch. We can we look at the metrics. That. We know. <laughs> we yeah, well, I mean, I mean, we can watch, we can, you know, certainly there's software out there that we can watch keystrokes. I don't go to that extent. No, no, can, not that. No. Yeah. But I can watch when you, if you're a sales, you're a sales team member and you're logging into Salesforce, I, I check that. Yeah. How often, how many records have you updated or how often are you on? How long were you logged in? How many times during the day did you log in? Yeah, I want to know those things. Those are important to me because then when you sure. sit there and say, or and I check your calendar, you say, oh, I'm flooded with appointments and I see you got two. Where are the rest of them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you know, 
So there, there's just different ways that we're going to have to think about that and how we want to deploy people. I mean, even to the point where a lot of employees probably are going to say, hey, and you need to think about this, uh, leaders out there, they're going to say, hey, I, I want to work from home from now on. Uh, why? Well, because I'm at risk or I think I'm at risk. I could be at risk. You know, okay, really, seriously. So you have how many children and, and are they out playing? Are they, I saw you at the, or, you know, or no children or whatever it might be. You can get a look at everything. But when I'm, my point is they're out and about or you're out and about. And so let's see, you're at the protest on Sunday with 4,000 people, but you can't show up to work on Monday because you're afraid that you might get the virus. Right? It doesn't make sense. So there's going to have to be some very big conversations that are held, transparent conversations that you want to take a look at as you get back to work. You know, I wanted to actually bring this conversation around uh, to something very positive. As a business owner, it's like, and it, you know, we have a very unique opportunity right now to be extraordinary leaders where in the fact that we can help bring a country back, you know, from, you know, one of the worst recessions that, that we've had in, in quite some time. And we have the opportunity to affect people's lives that way. We have the opportunity to affect social change by how we react and respond and activate ourselves with Black Lives Matter and, and everything that's going on there. It's like, you know, the, the, the opportunities right now are there for leaders to step up and really make an impact on the world. And it's actually, you know, despite everything that we've been through so far this year, where it's actually, if you look at the second half of the year, it's a very exciting time. Oh, without, well, and it's going to bring different things that you're going to have to address. I mean, just yesterday, somebody tweeted out, I'm not going to go to Jeff Hazlitt's program because he hasn't spoken out on Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. Thank you for saying that publicly and tweeting it, you idiot. You, you're, you're an idiot. Because if you haven't checked my record or haven't looked at what I've done, so we got to be, so you're going to have to figure out how you deal with those kinds of things. That's my first response, right? Probably not the best response. But Nonetheless, you, you know, you're going to be judged in different ways. People are going to say different things about you, your brand. You're going to have to come up with different ways. You're going to have to respond in this matter. And, and not just on this, but with Corona and everything else. It's just we, we're going through a very difficult time, a very volatile time. And when you go through a volatile time, you know, tempers flare, people are, get isolated, you polarize different people. And, but you're exactly right, Lee. It's up to leaders, whether they're in business or in public policy. But I really think it's time for people, leaders, business leaders, to take a stand. I said this in my book on the, the mm-hmm. hero factor, um, not more than a year and a half ago. It's time for people to start to take pick, and pick sides. And to pick sides to say we're not going to put up with uh, a lack of diversity. We're not going to put up with people not being inclusive. We're not going to put up with people not getting more politically active on the things that are most important to them and their issues. And and I just I'm a real believer in that. You know, we can't sit by. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to mingle with that because that could be bad for business. Well, no, it's good for society. It's good for it's good for being a human. And by the way, in the end, it's always good for business, even if your policy is diametrically opposed to what some of your customers believe. And I'll give you a good example. You know, look at Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, Kathy Truitt, who is the CEO and uh, chairman of of Chick-fil-A, has a policy that he doesn't like same-sex marriages. And by the way, he closes on Sunday. Are you kidding me? You know, first of all, I don't agree with that. Second of all, closing on Sunday, I want a good chicken sandwich on Sunday right? You know, but that's his belief. Does it hurt his business? Yep. In some cases, but by and large, I know many gays and homosexuals who go to Chick-fil-A because they got a great sandwich. He just has a different political belief. And by the way, at last I checked in this country, 
you know, and again, I don't bo- agree with his opinion. He's in, certainly entitled to it. It's a free, he got free speech. He's, is a, as an American, as a citizen of this country, he's allowed to do what he wants to do. Now, is there, could there be a consequence of that? Without question. Without question, if you're so bothered by that, by all means, right? But he has a right to that. Just like, you know, um, Trump has a right to his opinion and so does Biden. And sometimes they actually agree, which I heard they did yesterday and I yeah. almost fell over. Mm-hmm. I almost fell over. But isn't it riskier now in this cancel culture climate that seems to be rearing up? People are almost doxing more often online and really coming after people they just patently disagree with. And I wonder if it's just risky business-wise to really put yourself out there or make any kind of statement. Well, I think you gotta, you gotta, you gotta uh, take your time before you open your mouth. I mean, I just read yesterday that you talked about doxing this, this young man, um, financial um, employee from a financial company got uh, in Baltimore, got wrongly accused of being the person who pushed these young kids in a, in a Maryland uh, park for putting up signs. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard about this. Everybody's no. been looking for this guy for days. And they, they, they track down uh, bike riders that, that log into this path. Some woman found this guy, believed it was this guy, found it, and then published his picture, his profile picture. And he, he doesn't check Twitter. He's not really on social media, uh, even though he has an account, but nobody he didn't do anything. And people wrote some of the most filthy, most dangerous things, said, we're coming to get you, you bitch, you know, and blah, 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 really bad words, and, um, and threatened his life and so forth. Wrong guy. Mm. Didn't even ride that day. And, of course, she, re- you know, she took the tweet down. But after 22 million views and, and yeah. uh, you know, a thousand death threats and, and people threatening to beat him up and everything else, the attorney general called him. Uh, said he apologized. Uh, all these people apologized, but you know, did the damage, damage done. been done? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the other thing is, is that you know, leaders don't you know, you don't don't feel like you need to rush into to making a statement. You know, it's like that leaders don't always have to have all the answers. We have to have the right questions. And so this is like an, an before we open our mouths on issues like this that can blow back on us. It's like we have to get curious. We have to ask a lot of questions of a lot of different diverse viewpoints. And hear people out, really listen, try to understand their perspective as best we possibly can. And then we can actually make an informed statement then that, that is not tone deaf and actually will resonate, strike the right tone or whatever, and, and won't blow back on us. That's my opinion. What do you think? Oh, without question, be measured in what you do. You know, they always, there's old saying, you know, measure twice, cut once. And I think this applies to the way in which we approach different things. And think about what you want to do. Like, so getting back to work, you know, we said, look, with coronavirus, and now we think about these more volatile issues that are before us politically and socially. You know, we said first, let's go out and help people with, you know, C-suite loans. So help people find a place to be able to get, um, you know, capital that they need during this time because they might not be getting a PPP. They might not be getting the idle. So let's go help them with C-suite loans and access to some vetted funding. And that's indeed what we do with c-suiteloans.com. And then we said, okay, now everybody's going to need masks, going to need other things that they're going to need. So let's go find that. And so we set up C-suite supplies. And now everyone's coming to me and saying, oh, geez, we have to take a stand. We have to take a stand. Well, we've already taken a stand. We've been very clear about this, about diversity, about inclusion, 
and as an organization. So we don't need to really make a statement. Okay, there's ways we can make a statement. How about we make a statement with our action? You know that everybody on our stage, we have to have people of color or, or people of or women or women, you know, more than men on stage, which we do. We've been doing that for a long time. We've mm -hmm. done that for the last five years as an organization. You know, we're all about trying to make that happen. And then let's go look at our programming and look at the things that we can do to highlight the issue like we're doing right now and having great discussions and listening and, and, and speaking and being a good voice and good as a good steward for the way that we should operate, not just our businesses, but our lives and our country. And, and I think that's what we should be doing, you know, and then when, you know, when, when people say, Hey, all lives matter, we say, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, that's true. All lives do matter. But black lives matter just as much as white lives and all other lives. And, and when you say black lives matter, you're not saying all lives don't. You're just raising up the level of the way in which you want to treat all people. And, and that's the emphasis that's got to occur. So you've got to find ways. It's going to be difficult uh, for you to, to, to go through that. But think it through. Speak. And so my call, I, I had Rolanda Watts, a former national talk show host. He's great. Yeah, he's awesome. She's on our C-suite radio. I had her on my show. We talked from live from L.A. last week and um, and she helped me rethink some things. And one of the key thing was sometimes you just you know, as a white male leadership in a very, you know, uh, privileged position. I've earned my way as a privileged position. But you know, although I had a, a way, you know, I had to step up because of the color of my skin without question, without question, you know, because we talked about what would happen if I were arrested like that. What would it would would what and I would fight back. I would probably push back. And she said, yeah, but you wouldn't be put in that position. You wouldn't have had a knee on your neck. You wouldn't have had these kind of things. And you know what? She was right about that. You know, they might have roughed me up. They might have pushed me around because I'm a big guy and so forth. But but because of this, the color of my skin, because of, you know, how I might be dressed or the way in which I act or whatever, um, I wouldn't be in that same position. And, and that made me think, and it made me think that I should shut up and listen more often. Because there's a lot, lot to be gained by listening to others. Now, even if you don't agree with them, there's a lot to be gained from it. And we learn that way in business, too, as you well know. And Lee, mm -hmm. you know that in sales. You know, yeah. <laughs> shut up and listen. A lot of salespeople will talk themselves out of a sale. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, the, the discussion similar to this is always good at your events, Jeffrey. So it's c-suitenetwork.com for more information on the C-Suite Network and all of the events and uh, initiatives that Jeffrey and his team put on. And if you'd like to tweet something pleasant and kind, it's at Jeffrey Hazlett on Twitter. <laughs> Don't send him any mean messages, you guys. No doxing allowed. No. Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> well, if, uh, by the way, if you do that, I'm probably coming right back at you. So there you that, go. Yeah, right. there you That's go. Right. And, 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 and don't 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 pretend to be him on, on like dating sites either. That's that's not that's not cool. Oh yeah, I've yeah. got that. Yeah. And, and, and don't say any. Whatever you do, don't say anything <laughs> bad about bacon. No, That's or right. scotch, or scotch. scotch. Yeah. yeah, bacon and scotch. There you go, mm -hmm. Jeffrey. Thanks for being on the show. We appreciate the good, good thoughts, and good ideas, and a great discussion as always, my friend. Well, thank you very much. Let's get let's get America and Canada and every other country open for business. Let's get back to work, people. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.